welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast that discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Cathy Reed, And I'm Scarlett Maltman. So today we are joined by a wonderful creative lady within the industry. She has had a great career as a performer from films such as Mrs. Henderson Presents, many music videos and various other work including performing at Buckingham Palace for Prince Charles um, and various other performances at the Royal Opera House. Um, She then kicked started her choreography career um, and since she has choreographed various work, um, some recent credits include Tiger Bay the Musical Fila, um, Selfridges, So You Think You Can Dance UK, which I was a huge fan of, um, and The Dead Moon 3D, which was nominated twice at the LA 3D Film Festival. So today we are joined by the lovely Melody Squire. Hey, Melody. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, and Melody's just came back from holiday, so we're thrilled to have her. Did you have a nice holiday, Melody? I did, I did. Thanks. So, before we get cracking with the interview, we always start with uh, a little word association game. So just say the first thing that pops into your head. Okay? No pressure. <laughs> Cockapoo. Uh, dog. Comfy clothes. Uh, cozy. Positivity. Necessary. Wine. Um, red. <laughs> Creating. Uh, fun. Mondays. Uh, nice. Weird. Uh, nice. Yeah. Sunshine. Uh, warm. Very good. I mean, it's not very it's, it's not very nice today. I don't know when we're releasing this, but at the moment, it's very dreek outside for the Scottish it's listeners. Dreek. It's very dreek. Yes. Cool. So, Melody, let's just start with a bit about you. You trained as a dancer before your choreography career kicked off. How was your time during training mentally? It's weird. I'm thinking back now because it's been quite a long time ago. I think... I probably the same for a lot of people that dance was so much a part of me I didn't really think about it as something separate so I've been dancing since I was three and that was just kind of what I did so I think it was wonderful and it was a wonderful way to express myself but I think it was also I think it wasn't until I was older that I separated like I'm a person and I'm a dancer because I think when I was training it was kind of like every note you got I would take it personally as like a person so you'd be like your arm needs to be there and I'd be like I'm a failure of my elbow or whatever that kind of thing so I think I was really hard on myself because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and because I was quite ambitious and so I wanted to succeed and especially where I come from I'm from just outside Chicago it's just really competitive so I knew that I had to be excellent to work so I think that was kind of a sort of that was difficult but also it was really exciting because I was felt quite fortunate to get to train and dance because I knew a lot of people didn't so it was one of those things that I knew I was very fortunate and very lucky but it also I was quite hard on myself I think so obviously you're American what state are you from so I'm from Wisconsin so it's about an hour north of Chicago cool um How was moving from America all the way to London? Um, I'm assuming you were quite young when you moved over. Uh, Talk us through the process of moving and settling in in a completely different country. Um, So, well, first I moved, when I was 18, I went to a dance conservatory in Pittsburgh, which is called Point Park University. And that's about a 14-hour drive anyway from my hometown. So I'd already done that. And then I went to Paris for six months. So by the time I came to London, I had already been gone about a year and a half, nearly two years from my house anyway. And I think kind of when you're young, if it's not 
you know, a quick drive, it's, it, it might as well be anywhere. You know, I mean, even if it's a couple hours away, if you can't get home, you can't get home. Um, but um, it was actually, uh, I had this wonderful time in Paris. I had never been abroad. I had this, like, uh, just living my best life, exploring, seeing Europe, being young and full of art. And it was a art history program, so you would do... You would sing, you would have singing lessons, I would have drama, I would have dance, then we'd have art history, so you'd go around and you'd get in all the museums for free and you'd like go in some French person's lounge and learn about art, and then you'd walk past the people and they'd be like, this is so-and-so's apartment where they made this, and oh, look at this, this is where, I mean, it was outstanding. So I was like on quite a high. And then, yeah, then I came to London and um, it was, I'd already been gone, so I was excited to go, but it was... Um, I was home in the States saving up to come over and September 11th happened and so they had to delay my flight to come over so I think and everyone in my family and my friends were quite worried for me to come because you know it was a kind of quite a scary time so that kind of changed a little bit of how my training started because I was a little I, I kind of arrived and everyone had started I was like oh hi guys I'm that American that's just turned up and um, so, yeah, I think my parents were a little worried to go, but I wasn't going to stop, have something stop me from training, so, you know. So, what advice would you give to someone who is far away from home and trying to settle in somewhere new? Um, I guess it, it's different for every person, isn't it? Some people need people more than others, and I think it depends on what age you go as well. Um, now that you have smartphones and you can FaceTime, I think things should be a lot easier, hopefully. I think, I think about my grandparents who were writing letters in the war, you know, and then I came over and it was like, oh, boo-hoo, I have to pay for Skype, you know, and that was my struggle at the time, or buying phone cards, and now I'm like, now people have, you know, their phones and you're, you're quite connected. So I'd say try to stay connected, but I'd also say work on building relationships with the people directly around you. Because, you know, you, I've been so lucky in London. I have such a wonderful uh, support system of friends in the industry that I've met from being over here. And they've been with me from, from arrival until now. And it's important to, to find the people that, uh, that you trust and rely on and invest in those relationships. Because that helps, especially when hard times happen or when you're far away from people. It's nice to have those people, which everyone, I'm sure, you know, hopes to have. So that, I think that's really important. And also just remember why you're here. I'm, I came here to train, so I was very focused on that. So if ever I was struggling, I'd remember to be grateful that I was here and to remember why. You know, so that kind of puts things into perspective. So... So for those of you that aren't familiar with Melody's work, um, Mel Melody's choreography always has the most incredible story alongside the most beautiful choreography. Um, so Melody taught me briefly whilst I was in training and I remember one dance in particular that was about body image. Um, and I remember coming out of your class and something just clicked within me and I think that I, I think I was like really struggling with body image at that time and I think that was the first time that I ever felt that connection with how important storytelling is through dance and um, so why is storytelling so important to you um, from a choreographing point of view and throughout your work that's so nice to hear oh Oh, that's so lovely. Um, I don't know. I think everyone does things, I think, that they're passionate about in life. I think if, you, if you're lucky enough to follow your passion. So I've always been interested in stories, you know, as it, whether it was books or movies. 
And then I love to dance, love to express myself. So I don't think I ever really thought about it. It's just kind of what I instinctively did. So I love to express myself through dance. And then you get bored of your own story. Like I'm done enough about, you know, my thoughts or my feelings. As you get older, for me, I found that I'm like, I want to tell other people's stories and I'm so interested in what what is their life and their perspective and how can I share that and what what are concerns of other people and how can I portray that or how can I make shine a light on someone else so that other people can maybe get more empathy for someone else. So now I'm really focused on well I like variety. So I'm really focused personally on telling stories to kind of to yeah, put a mirror image up to society so other people can hopefully understand people a bit better because I think sometimes uh, when someone doesn't understand where someone else comes from, that's when we lose a bit of empathy and compassion and I think society falls down a little bit. But then, so that's what I love to do, but then I like variety. So then when something else comes up and it's totally something random, I'm excited because I'm like, oh, wow, I'm out of my head and my thoughts and doing something else. So, but yeah. Are you the kind of creative that uh, sits with a notebook beside you um, beside your bed so that when you wake up or if you wake up in the middle of the night with an idea um, you write it down or do you um, think right I'm going to choreograph this piece this is what it's going to be about I think it's all different if I get a brief from someone it's usually really quick so I'm usually because I work a lot in film so it's usually like a two to two day three day maybe one week turnaround for things so that is just usually all consuming so those times I'll be kind of I might wake up and think, oh, that would be great, or I'll all of a sudden decide I need to research something more or something in the middle of the night. But otherwise, I, d I think I just absorb life. It sounds really kind of, you know, more la-di-da, but I just walk around, and then if I hear a song I like, I write it down. If I watch a movie and something moves me, I make a note of it. If I hear someone start watch a lot of documentaries, if someone says something, I make note of it. So I kind of just collect things, yeah. Just on other people's stories, so do you, like, interview people or... Or is, it, is it through friends? How, how do you get those stories? And obviously that's a huge thing as well. How does that kind of affect, affect you hearing people's outlook all the time? So it depends. I, I do a lot of... I usually start watching, I watch a lot of documentaries. I get on like big wormholes on YouTube and Netflix just watching documentaries. And then if I know, I don't, re I don't reach out to people I don't know. But if I know that something has affected someone I know, then I'll talk to them candidly and ask them if they don't mind me talking to them about it. But I've, I've never reached out to anyone I, didn't, I don't know just because I've, I, I don't feel comfortable yet exploring it in that way but we've talked to talked to doctors before about things when we're doing a bit of mental health research um, but I haven't I've talked only trying to share experience with people I know oh I know that you've had something similar to that how did that experience make you feel so which I think is really helpful so you briefly just spoke about mental health there so we'll just go on to the next question so you have your own dance company you're the founder and artistic director of soul dance company why did you set up this amazing dance company um, well, it was always the goal to choreograph, uh, but I don't think that one should just graduate and then become a choreographer. I think it's important to know the industry you're in. and Well, for me anyways, I shouldn't say for everyone, but for me, I wanted to be a performer and experience it so I could, could understand, well, just to get more experience first, but also to be a choreographer that would understand how to work with dancers as well. So... But it got to be, I think I just wasn't very patient. And about, I don't know, probably only about four or five years in, I thought, oh, I, I want to do this. Like, I, I want to be 
telling stories or I would get a little impatient thinking, oh, I would do this like this. So I just got, I started with just a group of friends. I had loads of wonderful dancers that I knew. And at the time, the kind of dance that I'm really interested in kind of contemporary jazz, which is like expressive movement. It was before the wave of reality television over here. So it wasn't it wasn't over here. And um, so I thought, oh, this is quite nice. There's a little niche market of dance that isn't out. You know, no one's teaching it. They're not performing it. There's, this is what where I'm from in Chicago. This is kind of the dance that's really prevalent. I'll start doing that to make opportunity for myself to create and then for my friends to dance. And so that's how I started. And um, it was just a, a, the start of a good creative outlet for myself. So just tell us a little bit about the kind of work that you create within the company. Um, you created a piece on mental health recently. Uh, how was it exploring and creating a piece on this topic with um, a group of dancers? Um, so I think I'm quite lucky because the dancers I get to work with are intelligent, creative, lovely people. It's something that's really important to me as well because there's so many talented dancers in, around the world. But I like people that I think are good people. You know, that sounds really silly, but I really, I enjoy people. I enjoy having a good atmosphere and being around people that also help create that. So I'm really privileged to always be in a room with people that are really kind, I think, wonderful souls. So I don't, we, I feel like everything I create, we create together. And so I started, what I've been, for the last sort of five years, I've been doing a lot of stuff with mental health. Um, first, I work with Great Lake Films. So uh, Jackie Peppel, who was the director of Great Lake Films, we had three bouts of Arts Council funding doing films on depression, body image, anxiety, bullying, things that um, were, we thought especially important to teens. So we had done that and we made some really lovely films and I was really proud of making content that um, could, reach, could reach teens and something that they could share. And we had some really lovely feedback, people writing saying, you know, oh, I, I never understood how I felt and then I watched this video and I could show my parents and explain to them how I felt and it was just like really heartwarming. And so then when I was thinking about the next thing I was going to do with my company, I wanted to explore mental health and my husband's in the military so uh, he had been away a lot and I was on a kind of forum with other wives and girlfriends and they were talking a lot about uh, PTSD. And so I started researching that a lot and was really interested in how that affects people. And I was thinking about, I mean, my husband luckily is fine and didn't have to go to war, but I was thinking about how that affects people and couples. And we have some, some people in my family who have gone to war. And I've, I thought about that. And then I just thought about other things, like depression and anxiety. And I wanted to just research what, what putting that together in a visual form would look like and how... What, what it would look like to create that and and so we started we just did a kind of research and development on it and we spent two weeks doing a kind of just a small intro to, men, to a mental health piece and I thought it was really interesting to feel I felt like a scientist because <laughs> a lot of times things when I'm when I'm making up stuff it's very visual if I'm doing a musical or something a lot of stuff is just kind of you're thinking about 
the entertainment of it, which is super great, and I love that. And uh, you know, I love a bit of glitter, and it's, it's wonderful. Uh, exactly. But then, so this was a time I felt like oh, I'm getting to live my other life as like a scientist or a researcher, and um, I felt like I was in one of those detective sort of crime dramas because you had all these like pieces of paper with with all this data and knowledge and I felt I, I don't know it was really interesting for me to explore something intellectually as well because a lot of stuff we do is intrinsically it, um, or comes from comes from my subconscious and you don't always know what you're making so it was nice to kind of come from a point of of actual research and trying to develop things from that perspective so it's a really long answer to your question oh, yeah great. Um, and what what as a company, um, especially maybe your dancers, what did you s discover and learn about mental health that you wouldn't maybe have, have known before um, doing the project? I think one thing I realize is how connected so many things are. So you might, someone might um, be affected by one condition, but they might have lots of different sub-conditions from that condition. And so kind of labeling people as one thing or another is maybe not always accurate and so that was probably the thing I took away from it most because you sort of would think oh that person has depression or that person has anxiety or that person has is bipolar or but you find that the sub when we were trying to dissect it and figure out what we're going to work on we realized there's so many different sub sub categories of situations and and also how that is connected and so that was that was probably the thing I saw most of it's like oh actually that there's so much similarities in different parts of mental health. So that's probably. Um, so with the mental health project, um, obviously it's out there for the world. Is there any future plans for that specific project? Yes, but I'm kind of closed-lipped about things till they happen because when, you know, when you... I have, yeah, there's something that's being developed right now, but I kind of keep it closed-lipped just because... If it doesn't take off the way we want, it might morph into something else. Then we're like, well, where is that thing? And like, oh, actually, that turned into this. So, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. so yeah, we're developing something at the moment, which is super exciting. But I hope I can share it, but not yet. Oh, exciting. So, listeners, keep your eyes peeled. Um, just rolling off that then, how important is keeping the topic of mental health alive through creative movements? I think for me at the moment, it's something that's, that people are becoming more socially conscious of. So I think it's an important topic at the moment. I also feel very overwhelmed with lots of topics at the moment. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where um, you'll hear one thing and then something else comes up and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening in the world and then something else. But I think a lot of it does come, I, I believe, from people just not taking time to think from someone else's perspective. And I think that goes into then people becoming isolated and then that can contribute a lot to to poor mental health so just talking about things and being aware of others and maybe not being so self-centric which I think as artists have to work so hard for themselves sometimes people we become can become quite self-centric so maybe personally just for me it's nice to kind of get out of my own head and to not be so uh, selfish and it's nice to think about doing something for someone else so I think mental health is a really nice topic because you feel like I feel like for myself selfishly I'm trying to do my little part to make just a little bit of our corner a little bit better so I like doing things like that because like you get a good sense of like I've achieved something because it's hard sometimes as an artist it's hard to measure what what you're working towards and your goals but it's nice to do something that you think might 
even very have a small significant benefit in society feels quite nice so okay so we've spoken about your company and creating work based on mental health and um, what has your experience with mental health been throughout your life um, I don't think it was something that was really discussed or thought about as I was growing up so I don't think it's something you really thought about and I think it's something more and not it might be from a lot of my friends kind of people going through their 20s and you're sort of finding yourself and you start to explore I remember like the secret came out when I graduated and that was like a whole thing and every performer was reading the secret um, I, I went to India for a while to do a job so it was all find yourself and it's that sort of thing so I think as as I've gotten older you want to keep evolving and progressing so your choreography um, is quite a particular style and you have very popular classes at Pineapple um, each week. What inspires you to teach? I, I think it's important to give back. I know I learned so much from the teachers that I had growing up and it's a knowledge that we have that we can pass on to de next generations. So, you know, I have teachers that I now uh, that I admired and you know were very important in the industry back in the states and then moving over here as well and you know with as they passed their their legacy should be carried on so I feel it's sort of a duty of a creative if they can to share with others so um, and also selfishly I'm training people that potentially I can hire <laughs> which makes my life so much easier because I get to in class I, I get to share that knowledge and then I also get to see how people are because that's really important to me. I know some people just want might want just the most amazing dancer ever but I'm really interested in storytellers and a lot of different jobs you know we're doing so many different styles so I might see someone in my class and we're doing something this sort of style but then I have a brief for a totally different kind of style of dance and I'll remember that person how they performed and there's nothing to do with that type of dance but you know we've I've choreographed big waltz balls or I've done you know touching in a car it's like who but I can remember a person and how they were how they walked into the room how they tread other people how they were in, uh, as how they learned uh, what they gave off and so I remember those things so selfishly it's like I get little mini Castings every week, but I try not to make people feel like that way. I just, it's a, just a class, but I kind of make a bank of dancers in my head. So selfishly, it also, I get a little database of people and you get to meet people, so many lovely people, not just from England, but from all over the world that come through Pineapple, which is such a joy. So you're like meeting people. Oh yeah. And you get, I mean, just, I mean, just the other day I was in class and this, this man was beautiful. And then I walked on, someone was like, oh, he's this famous Japanese dancer. And you're like, I had no idea. I had no, and it happens all the time where these kind of Instagram stars, some girls came over from Australia, like, oh, they're big Instagram stars. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea about that sort of thing, but that sounds wonderful. But it's, it's nice to get to, it's nice to meet the next generation of dancers as well. So that's, that's a lovely thing. And also just um, remembering why I love dance because sometimes now it's my job you know so sometimes you know you it's your job and so you're focused on it and you forget that you went in I went into the arts because I love it and when you see someone who's at the brink of their career and they're still had that that like new blind wonderfully ignorant passion I'm like oh wow that's so exciting I remember that feeling and it kind of is rejuvenating as well so again it, it's a little selfish because you get to you get to touch back into why you started so
So how is it, obviously, we've discussed your style now, the storytelling, how popular your classes are, so hopefully our listeners will gain the insight of what it's like. Um, but like, I remember for, for me, that I would, I'd be like texting my friends, be like, oh, I feel like shit, like what should we do? Oh yeah, go to Melody's class, and we know we'll feel better after we go, after we go to Melody's class. Um, what is it like as someone who creates these amazing dances and like, even in like a pineapple or you know when you're teaching uh, various uh, drama schools what is it like to sit and see people who you know are using this class as a guest a type of therapy and um, I know that I definitely do that if I feel rubbish I'll, I'll, I'll do a class and it'll make me feel better and for I think especially for dancers that is kind of their way of counselling in a way it's it's what makes them feel good and gives them that release how is that for you know, the creator of that to sit and watch people come into your class and go, oh my gosh, like they're really, they're really living that. I think I'm very careful to, to not get involved with someone's own journey mentally because that is, you know, I'm not like a, prof, uh, a medical professional, but I am encouraging people to express. So I think I especially say if you know it's wonderful when I do like these drop-in workshops you go around the country or whatever you go around well around Europe or the world and you do these drop-in ones it's lovely to see someone experience something for the first time but if I have students regularly sometimes it can be quite heartbreaking because you know that you have to push them to to kind of break through a barrier and you know that that's going to be emotional or hard for them but you know that the goal at the end is that they can become more open vessels to perform and create. So I can personally feel quite bad for them because I'm watching going like, I know this is hard for you and I feel really bad for you, but equally I know that, that this is something you need to do. So I try to give people tools to find their own confidence and be able to explore. And I try to make things feel very safe in a safe environment. But I know also that you don't know where someone's coming from or what they're going through. So you also have to be very delicate with working with people. And so, um, that is something that you kind of have to walk a fine line with. I'm trying to make sure that everything comes from a place of, of love, you know, wanting someone to achieve. So. so what would you say to someone who maybe considers themselves as a bit more of an actress-singer who is nervous about coming to um, a class that is quite contemporary-based? I think you, everyone knows what everyone or every performer probably thinks they know what they're capable of and then they're probably capable of much more <laughs> so I think we have you know it's very easy to label yourself and be like I'm a this and I'm a that and oh this is my thing or not but you don't know what job's going to come up and what might be right for you I know one of my friends uh, she's this incredibly talented musical theater performer um, I won't say what she's starring in show in town right now and um, she'd be like she'd come to my class every week and she'd be like I just did this audition and we did that thing you did in class and I wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't come to class and I feel so silly in class but then in that audition I felt great and that's sort of what I hope is I make these classes that are sometimes maybe quite challenging ridiculous but there's never any expectation to to uh, achieve the the routine precisely I'm not I'm saying like this is not an audition this is a class you know this is not for Instagram I know some classes are mine isn't you can if you want to share it like that's totally for you but 
my goal is that we try things in a space and get a little bit out of our comfort zone. Then you go to auditions and they're not spooked because you've done things. But I would I would say people need to do what is right for them. If they don't want to dance, don't dance. You know. But if you are interested in that sort of thing, it's good to just expanding your horizons makes you a more evolved person. I think so. You know, I. You know, I sang all the time and I was so petrified of singing, but I knew it was like, well, there might be a job that comes up that I need to sing for. And it also is just good to put yourself in a situation that you're a little bit uncomfortable because then you stretch and then you stretch and dance class too. So it's great. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and on that topic then, why do you think it is so important? I think especially for performers um, when we can't do our craft every single day. We know it's such a hard industry. Why do you think expressing is so important? Maybe not just for performers, but as um, for creatives like yourself as well. Um, I don't know for everyone. I know for me, it's it's a necessary release. I know, I know for now, for myself, it's something I've been doing since I was like three years old. It was like, I saw Janet Jackson music video and I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to choreograph her videos. And that was it. And that was like life plan. And so I don't have, I, I can't separate that from myself. It's a need I have kind of like water and sleep and things. It's a need. And I know that if I, I get very restless if I don't have that outlet. But some people might not need that. But I think it's nice to just have something. For me, it's a time. It's almost like meditation. It's a time that I get out of my brain and I'm focused on something other than myself. And I know every time after I come out of a studio, I mean, sometimes I might be like, you know, self-reflecting and thinking, oh, we need to do this different or that. But I've always had a moment where I'm out of, anything I'm thinking about in life, anything that's going on, good things, bad things, anything, it's a pause and it's a break and it's like a, like a yoga class or a meditation or whatever someone needs to kind of have some mindfulness. So I find creativity a good way to connect to mindfulness. So. So it sounds like you're a very, very busy lady. You teach at Pineapple, you've got uh, your own dance company, teach at drama schools, as well as um, all your choreographing jobs. Um, how do you keep on top of all of this and keep your mental health in check? It's maybe not always in check. <laughs> Sometimes I'm very busy and overwhelmed, um, but I'm also probably mentally better when I'm busy than if I didn't have any jobs. You know, those times that everyone has where there's a pause and you think, what am I doing this week? You know, then I might stress more. So I'm very grateful to be busy. I'm not, that doesn't, isn't lost on me. Um, but I have a diary <laughs> that helps and not, I mean, actual physical like calendar with a diary in it. I got, um, and that has been a life. Cause I was keeping everything in my brain for ages, which is silly. So that's helped me to kind of, to have a visual plan of what I'm doing. And I also try to schedule things in for myself. I have a really lovely dog. His name's Freddie. And so taking him on walks kind of is lovely. Um, and doing, doing things for myself as well, because I can become quite, um, consumed with projects. So, um, because there's not, there's never really an end to how much you've researched for something. There's no, you just kind of have to decide, okay, I'm ready for that. And I really like to be prepared. So I will put a lot of work into, into what I'm doing. And I do end up taking on a lot of jobs as well because I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. Or, oh, I'd love to meet that person. That sounds fun. Or, oh, I've never done something like that. So I, I do end up doing a lot of things and, and sometimes doing things maybe out of my comfort zone because once you've done jobs for a while it's just it's routine and it's easy so I often I will actually often get jobs someone will be like we don't know how we're going to do this so we found you <laughs> you know those sort of 
Yeah, yeah. It's probably jobs that are just a bit strange, or it'll be a really lovely director who has like a very creative vision they haven't articulated yet, or um, just something that's quite challenging. So I like those things, but they do take a lot of time. So it's good to have something else to focus on. So mine will be like friends, or my husband, or my dog. <laughs> So what do you do to create a supportive and safe uh, atmosphere and environment for your dancers, be it within uh, your company or at Pineapple or in a classroom of um, a drama school, knowing how intense mental health is for performers? I've never really thought about what I do. I think it's just what I've done naturally. But, but thinking about it, I always think about the perspective of myself how I would want to be treated sort of that golden rule so I would never ask of someone something I wouldn't be comfortable doing firstly and I'm I just I think it's just thinking of people as as people I've, I've come into to problems with it um, sometimes because I think people mistake um, aggression or arrogance with confidence so oftentimes in a rehearsal space if I'm with new performers Treating people with respect and compassion, as I just think humans should treat each other, comes across as inexperience because um, oftentimes people are used to working with people who are quite harsh or forceful. And I actually think that comes from a place of insecurity. So when I come into rehearsal rooms, sometimes if I haven't worked with someone, I'm not coming in with bravado and this it takes a while for them to trust me that I know what I'm doing because I'm not actually putting on this arrogant front which is something that I've encountered with and it's it's a little exhausting sometimes because you're like hey guys like we can just do this job but we also can be kind humans and get it done in the same amount of time probably quicker without this sort of distance between myself and the performers yeah it's unnecessary I mean obviously there has to be someone who's making decisions and that's why there's a director or choreographer because if there was no one in charge of making decisions and leading the way then it would be anarchy yeah exactly but I also don't need to I find that you get the best out of people when they feel safe and they feel comfortable so I just like and also like how stressful to be in a room and feel like that energy all day would be terrible so I I just try to, that's how I create but other people might really love the energy of like stress or something I don't know other people might thrive in that environment so you know I know some people probably want to just might want to feel that sort of thing but for me I create a space I like to be in selfishly because I'm in the room and it's, and I want to be in a place where I feel safe and and I want to make people feel that they can that they are supported and I'm not going to do anything that I wouldn't ask of myself. So what is the future like for Soul Dance Company um, especially? Um, I've seen that you've just started up Soul Dance Youth, which is an opportunity for younger um, performers. Um, how important is it for you to keep creating this opportunity for dancers? I think selfishly, there's so many stories that I want to tell that I don't think I could meet enough dancers to tell all the stories I want to tell. So the youth company came out from just meeting so many young dancers, really talented ones that I thought would benefit from working on their artistry. And because they, like you said, they spent, dancers can spend a lot of time, you know, working on their technique and that's very important. And I'm a 
very pro learning your craft, but then also as a form of release or expression or creativity. Because if you if you start a bit younger, then you're not going to be so afraid of it when you get older. And I think sometimes when people come to drama school and they haven't done anything like that, then there can become a wall up. Um, so, and even even for people that aren't going to go to drama school, just people in life, people that have had the opportunity. I have so many friends that I grew up with, and some of them didn't go into the arts, but just having that sort of outlet as they were young allowed them to go on and maybe not be so afraid to achieve their goals in life. So, you know, this youth company we've I've started is it's exceptional dancers. They're really lovely, but all individually different. And I'm hoping to encourage them to grow as artists and be able to tell stories that are important to them. So we've that's what I've started working on with the youth company, which is super exciting. And also for me exciting because I have the opportunity to tell more stories. So that's really fun. So Melody, what advice would you give, um, especially to dancers, um, maybe emerging into the industry or that are in training? Obviously mental health is a huge ongoing thing within the industry at the moment. What advice would you give? I think if you want to dance, you have to be committed to it. It's not something that you go into and you decide, oh, I might like it and I'm going to do it. It's it's a huge life commitment, but it's a wonderful job. But if you have other things you like in life that you think you might enjoy, I would suggest you do them. Because I, I could not do anything else. You know, there are times I've worked, I've gone into advertising agencies and I walked in and thought, oh, what, what life would have been like if I had been, you know, I'd worked in advertising or you did these other things, but I know I just, I didn't want to do anything else. So that drive helped me through. But if you're like, hmm, I might want to be a dancer, but I'd also like to be a chef. I think I might like to be a chef. Be a chef. Don't, don't be a dancer because you, it's too, there are going to be times, there are going to be times when you doubt yourself so much that you will think you need to give up. And that will probably happen multiple times. And if you want to do something else, you will choose that at that time. So if that already exists, I, I would suggest just do something else. But know that I believe, I really believe if you are fully passionate and committed and open to saying yes to experiences, something will happen for you. But you have to have have goals and have strong goals for yourself but know that those goals may shift I know when I came to England I mean I come from the states and it's very different where it it would it was frowned upon not to have high goals and aspirations so I remember coming into my uni and then everyone was like what do you want to do and I was like I want to have a dance company I want to be in a film I want to choreograph music videos and people looked at me like I was just the most arrogant and I can understand now living in England for so long that that comes across but it was just like well why would I be here if I didn't have high goals why why would I put myself through this I could just go do something else so have high goals for yourself but know that um your worth isn't attached to those goals even when you achieve them it's not like that doesn't make life great you I can feel self-satisfaction but uh, I like my life because I have a lovely lovely uh, well no I think I like my life because I feel like I'm I'm living kind and compassionate to people that's what I think I like my life and with that I've been really fortunate to have a great friends around me and family and through that I've also have great jobs but I'm not happy because I have jobs I'm happy that I'm achieving goals. So I would say if you don't, uh, then my really long tangent, if you want to do anything else, go do something else. If you want to pursue dance, do it full, full with your full heart and full, well, wholeheartedly. Do it wholeheartedly. 
But also know that it does not define you as a person. This is your job. This is your profession. But do something else. I've, I've had friends before who have gone through hard times. I'm like, go volunteer. I'll do a class every year at Pineapple for Shelter. You know, we do things for charities. I'm not... I. I, if it was all about the next job or getting that thing or these many followers on social media or something that doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day you're not doing anything for society you're achieving your goals so you know have your goals in mind and work towards those things know that you're doing everything you can but it's luck and it's timing as well so there might be times when you're not doing a lot but how are you as a person <laughs> this sounds really angry but like what are you doing are you being kind are you being a terrible shitty person in the street or are you like what, helping an old lady cross the street are are you kind to your friends? Are you there for people when they need you? Like, you know, and that comes full circle because, you know, there's, I have so many wonderful friends that then have in turn helped me out professionally, but that wasn't the reason of the friendship. So I think just being really good, trying to be a good person, everyone, whatever, you have your times, but trying to find, making sure that you're a full, a full well-rounded person and not just a performer helps. How would you say that mental health is being approached in the US today as opposed to in the UK? Well, I'm probably a little disconnected now because I I left the States quite a while ago, but I do n almost exclusively watch American television programs and interviews. I'm just still really connected with that. And obviously, like my sort of like my social media is mostly friends and family from back home, so I get the feeds. I feel like people are talking about it a bit more openly than they are here. I feel like there's more of a movement to talking about mental health there, um, which is great. Um, so, but then there's always, you know, just like anything else, when there's a new movement, there's resistance to it as well. So finally, uh, the question that we ask everyone, could you walk into a room today and saying, I'm having a bad mental health day? I think it would depend on what room, <laughs> because 100% with my friends and family, and definitely with you know, my company of dancers, but I probably wouldn't in full mixed company because I don't always know what, uh, firstly, what someone else is going through. So I probably wouldn't project that on other people just personally how I am, but that not to say that that's a bad thing for someone else to do. So it would be totally 100% dependent on the room I'm in. Friends and family, 100%, probably around close co-workers, but maybe not in all situations. So for dancers that may want to get involved with your classes or soul dance, what would you suggest? Well, I would say uh, you could pop into Pineapple. I teach Thursdays 10.30 to 12 or Fridays 1 to 2. Um, or um, if you're interested and you're, but you're not sure, you could always look up on social media and see what the classes are like. They always look more challenging than they are because that's what uh, I'm not going to put up a janky video. So like I'm going to put up a video that looks exciting or challenging, hopefully. But come in, it's we get people of all levels and all kinds, so that's really nice. Um, and uh, we have lots of different performances and videos comes up. They will always be linked on our social medias as well so you could come to a performance as well depending go to melody's class it's amazing it's brilliant okay so we're just going to play a little game to finish okay oh, yeah, so it's called finish the sentence yes okay first one when i first moved to london i thought this city is big, it is big. <laughs> if i could tell myself one thing whilst i was training it would be Oh, this is going deep, but maybe uh, you're good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. My favourite pizza topping is? Uh, 
Oh, mushrooms. It's a little Ooh, boring, but yeah. Oh, I love it. Do you have a dip with it? Mm. Sometimes hot sauce. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. My guilty pleasure is um, Netflix. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> In the future, I want to. I just, I hope I can continue doing what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Last one. My favorite routine I've ever choreographed is. Oh no, I don't have a favorite routine. No, because I don't know. They're like they're things that you put passion into and you put aside. Much like maybe someone has children or things. So there might be some things that you liked for different reasons. So I don't think I have a favorite. Yeah. Today I am grateful for um, meeting new people. Melody, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. We wanted to make our listeners aware of the services that we offer. We are lucky to have the support of our counsellor, Mary Birch. Mary offers a private telephone or Skype service 24-7 and completely free of charge. She's also holding one-on-one sessions at a creator-friendly price of £25. So if you are interested, please get in touch. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit the subscribe button. You can also rate and review us on Apple. We want to reach as many creatives as we can, and this isn't possible without ratings from our lovely listeners. Share, tell a friend, and please continue to spread the word, as it really could help someone. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you very, very soon. Bye!